So hello and welcome to the ninth episode of the Raw Life Podcast, the podcast where I talk to strangers about their life experiences. My name is Paul and I'm joined today by our guest, George. Hi, my name is George Lunsford. I live here in the United States. Uh, I'm a writer. I've done acting. I've done just a little bit of everything. Nice, nice. So we'll start off with some simple things before we get into the deep questions about your acting and your writing. How old are you? I am 53. Obviously, you said where you are from. Do you still live there now? Yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in North Carolina, in the United States. I live up in the mountains. Oh, nice! You live up in the mountains. That must that must be exciting. You must get some amazing views. I have some good days. I have I've got uh, some deer and some uh, uh, bear and stuff right around my house. I feed every now and then. Bears as well. Oh yeah. I mean, I've always wanted to see a bear in real life. <laughs> and it is big as everyone says. I've, I've seen a bunch of them. I used to work at a place called Ridgecrest Conference Center. Yeah. And I would spend my summers chasing the bear out of where the people were so the people wouldn't be in danger. Really? God, that's crazy. Okay. And, and so what do you do now for a living? I do facility maintenance for a bank, for a bank company. And tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I take care of everything from the AC, air conditioning, heating, to uh, general carpentry, uh, basically electricity, plumbing, pretty much anything. Damn, so you do the whole work? Yes, sir. That is crazy. Man. Okay, so you mentioned before you've done a little bit of everything, so you've done acting and you've done writing. So tell me, what acting have you done? Uh, I did a lot of uh, independent stuff. Independent horror movies, uh, shorts, feature films. I did commercials, uh, music video, uh, public service announcements, a little bit of everything. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, I've got around, haven't you? <laughs> I, I, I've done it for about fifteen years. Oh, okay. So, out of the fifteen, is there any that stand out to you? Like out of the fifteen years, is there anything that you really, really loved working on? Well, uh. I'm a horror guy. I love doing horror. And I did uh, an independent film called uh, The Dead Don't Die. It came out a long time before the Bill Murray version did. And th- that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. And uh, the- I did a music video for a-, a band called Steep Canyon Rangers. They're like a bluegrass. Okay, okay. And that music video was a blast to do. I had fun with it. How did it feel like doing your own music video? It was a lot of fun. These guys really knew what they were doing, the production company and the uh, group. They were really involved, and we we had a really good time. And the funny thing was, when you're watching the video, it takes place in like a dance hall. Well, to get the extras to come and do it, they actually provided alcohol for the for the dance for the extras and stuff. That's pretty nice. Yeah, they were they were good people. I enjoyed it, and it's it's one of the few things that you can still look up that I'm in. So, oh really? Yeah, most of the stuff I did uh, either come out went to video or just faded away with time. Oh really? So tell tell me more about this this film. Then the dead don't die. I play a pardon my language, but I play pretty much a jerk in it. I'm one of the main characters. I go through and I'm actually a bad guy who was in the military and and I rob people and I steal stuff and I kill people and I trade arms and all kinds of stuff and it comes down to a group of survivors trying to live in a zombie apocalypse. Oh, 
okay. I, I do like zombies. I really do. Keep going. You've got me a little bit hooked. <laughs> well, if you'll go online to uh, Dwayne Etheridge Studios, or it's called Prestige Pure Prestige Studios, he is the one who did the film, and we're he's actually talking about doing a remake next summer. So we, I may be doing it again. We're not sure yet. Oh, really? Would you actually do it again, though? Would you be up for it? I would. I've, I have to lose weight. I've gained a little weight since I did the other film. It's been quite a few years. Yeah. But uh, I would do it again. Dwayne is a great guy. He is a independent film producer, and he's just really a good guy and easy to work for. I have no problem with his crew, his other actors he chooses. It was really just a good experience all the way around. Nice. That sounds like it's very, very positive as well. Nice. It sounds it like it went smoothly. Has there been any times where it's gone very, very badly or things haven't gone as planned? Uh, yeah, we've. I've had some bad ones. I've worked on a, a film with, um, what was his name? Can I think the people's name now? I don't remember. I did a film in Madison, North Carolina, and it was a big Hollywood thing, and it was just a miserable, miserable film. And the fact of the matter is the film flopped so bad it never even made, I don't think it even made a buck as far as profit. Really? It flopped that bad? Yeah, what film was it? I don't remember. I just kind of blew it off after I did it because it was such a, it was just a bad film. I mean, it had big name stars in it, but I mean, the stars were nice. Owen Wilson, he was a real nice guy and everything, but the the film was just horrible. Damn, I'm sorry that was a bad experience. But... Nah, it is what it is. That's why I went to writing. I like writing much better. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna bring up the writing as well. She mentioned it. So, what stuff have you wrote? Well, my my book series I'm working on. I've put three books out. I'm working on the fourth one. It's called Legends, Myths, Monsters, and Ghosts. And I broke the United States down into four regions. And I wrote about stories that were actually born in the state that I talk about. Like, um, I talk about four of the Cherokee legends, the Cherokee Indian tribe. I pulled four of their legends out and I told about those legends. And each book has something specific to it. Like the first one has the Cherokee legends. The second book actually has five of the stories that had been made in the films, like Jaws, The Conjuring, uh, Annabelle, stuff like that. And the third book actually focuses my special thing, and it was the Sioux Tribe Legends. Tell me a little bit more about the Sioux Tribe Legends. Oh, there's there's some good ones. Uh, they have the the good thing about doing like the Native American uh, stories is there's no variation. No matter where you find the information at, the, there's no variation there's because it's all passed down. And they keep everything just rock solid when they talk about their what they their ancestors passed down to them. They keep it real. They always keep it, you know, true. Yeah, and the thing about the like regular myths and legends and stuff, there's so many variations about the story because people embellish, people change things when they tell the stories and stuff. And what I do is I take all the variations and I push it all into one story. So I try to get as much of the variations that I can verify as possible. So you take all these other stories and these other ideas that people have had and changed it over the years and push it into yeah. one single story? Well, it's like, I'll give you an example. The story behind Jaws the movie. Yeah. Now the movie had everything as a great white in the ocean. 
Well, that wasn't the way the real story happened. The real story, the main part of the real story took place in a tributary which fed into the ocean and a bull shark had come up through the tributary. Well, back at then, that time of, in America, there was no child labor laws. So these kids had come out of a factory working and it was hot and they decided to go skinny dipping. And one of the boys was in there and this giant bull shark grabbed him and took him under. So they called an emergency and everybody came in and they were all looking for that boy's body in the water. And there was one guy, he was real good size. He was a, a, like a fitness guy. He was in looking, he reached down and grabbed the boy's body and lifted it up out of the water. When he did, the bull shark hit him in the thigh and the shark's mouth was so big, it went from his knee to his hip. The shark clamped down and ripped the muscle out. The guy still made it on shore alive and they actually ended up pretty much fixing his leg even for that period of time. And there's, they had other attacks at, during that time as what made it even more realistic because they did have some great white attacks in the, in the water, in the ocean itself, but they also had other bull sharks attack. They had several different sharks attacking people. My God, that's mental. I had, I had no idea it was around that. I thought it was, hey, this is an idea for a film. People are naturally scared of sharks normally. Let's just do it. It it was fun. they had some fun research. Uh, there's one that if you like like serial killers, yeah yeah. In my third book, I talk about H. H. Holmes, and I don't know if you know who H. H. Holmes is, but he was a serial killer that never matched a profile of a serial killer. When he was a kid, most serial killers have a rough life growing up. Well, he didn't. He had a normal life growing up. And he was it at one time he was even considered to be Jack the Ripper, even though now we know there's no way possible. Oh, was that um, was that not proven? They they did prove that as a if I remember as a dentist that did it, the Jack the Ripper. I know they still haven't identified Jack the Ripper and I, I don't think they ever will now. Uh they've got what they believe from what last thing I read about it, uh they have like a eighty percent positive that he was that it was that dentist that did it and if you read the stories about jack the ripper and everything that he did he really wasn't surgically precise with his what he did he was really not i mean he was kind of maniacal and did horrible things and and then left the bodies in ways that it would be you know provocative i still find it interesting how they've only 80 percent got the idea of who it is they're still not 100 percent sure I think that last I heard, they, they narrowed it down to like six people. They have, I think they actually got it down to three. And it actually, most of the things are pointed towards that one guy. I think, I, I, for some reason, I'm thinking it's the dentist. It's been a long time since I've read yeah. about it. It's been probably two or three months. Well, well, we'll get with some of the questions, but that's crazy. I mean, you seem to have done quite a lot of stuff. <laughs> I do a lot of research. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, so I'll ask you these questions, and these two I ask everybody that comes onto this show. So, what is the best thing that's happened to you in life? Uh, well, it's got to be my kids and my wife. Uh, that's that's pretty much the best thing that a man could ever ask for. I have a great wife, and I have wonderful kids. Nice, that's really really sweet. How did you meet your wife? Uh, I met her online. Nice. What what website? Oh Lord, I don't even remember now. It's been we've been married <laughs> seven years. <laughs> she, she's she, she's uh, my third wife. Ah, okay, okay. So I, obviously the first two didn't, didn't work out too good. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. What were some of the problems with that? Ah, they just uh, went a different route than I was. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. Nope, that's, un- <laughs> <laughs> that's understandable. I'm glad that you're happily married and you got some kids as well. That's really, really nice. I've actually got grandkids. I have four grandsons and one brand new granddaughter. Oh, yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Right. So, uh, the next question I'll ask them now is what is the worst thing that's ever happened to you in life? Uh, the worst thing. I don't know because even the worst thing. Nothing is totally bad. Nothing is totally good. So, I don't know. I guess losing uh, my grandfather and my grandmother. And uh, that, that's pretty much it. Losing someone is about the worst thing that can happen to you. I mean, everything else is kind of, you know, if you get hurt, you, you heal. And, I mean, I've I've already died once and come back. I just, that was a bad experience, but it was also a good experience. So, I don't really know what we consider really bad. Tell me more about that experience. You said that you you died and you've come back. Yeah, I was in the. I waited a long time to go to the doctor and I had pneumonia and it got really bad. I was running over 104 temperature and when they took me to the hospital, I couldn't even stand up. And I went into the hospital and I don't exactly know when or how long I was in the hospital, but one night uh, I was laying there and I just felt myself felt different and I I sat up in the bed. And there was an old woman in the room and she was talking to me. So I got up and I looked and my body was still in the bed, but I wasn't. And she was telling me what was going on. And other people started coming through the walls into my room. And there was a figure over on the side. He raised raised his hand and this big white portal opened up a real bright light. And everybody started walking into it. And, uh, she tapped me on the shoulder and she said, no, it's not your time. Lay back down. And I laid back down. Next thing I know, I woke up and there's alarms going off and people are running in my room. And That's insane. Did you? <laughs> I know I know. when you said, obviously, you woke up and you saw your body. How, how did that yep. actually feel? Like seeing yourself, but from your own eyes and seeing these figures just come through this wall. You know, you think it'd be creepy, but it really was calming. I mean, it was nothing, nothing in that experience was scary. None of it, none of it at all. And the weird thing was when I, when I, when they all come in there and I was trying to tell them what happened, they thought they all thought I was crazy. But then I started naming names of the lady. I don't remember her name now, but the lady that had been in there was the lady, the name that I had given them she had died in that room before i got there so obviously you, you believe in like the paranormal then oh yeah there i've experienced so much in my life and had so many encounters and experiences and seen so much that i don't really doubt too much of anything anymore it's just one of those things and everything seems to make more sense in my mind when this lady taps you on the shoulder how, how did that feel because i imagine obviously physical contact but you're also looking at yourself and she was just like it's not your time did you did you have to walk back to the bed yourself or did you sort of like feel like you was getting pushed back into your body no i just kind of walked back and sat down and laid back down again that sounds mental (laughs) that sounds that's not been mental before so that's okay (laughs) (laughs) that sounds great that sounds something like um like a dmt experience it was unbelievable i mean it's a lot of people don't believe me but i mean i can only tell you what i experienced 
And that's yeah. what I saw and what I experienced. So, you know, whether people believe it or not, it really doesn't bother me one way or another. Yeah, because you you obviously know what's happened. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's a question that I'd like to ask. So do you reckon it's different in different situations? Say if someone got hit by a car, do you still reckon they'd have that out-of-body experience or do you reckon it's different depending on the situation? I would assume... I, I, I can't tell you for sure, but I would assume that everyone's experience is personal to them. That That's the way I believe. I believe that we're given a way to understand things, and if we choose to understand them that way, that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. And if we choose to go against it, then you're confused, you're, you know, you really don't, you don't have that calming, calm feel that I had. I mean, like I said, when I did it, I was comfortable. Uh, there was no fear. There was no nothing to be scared of. Everyone was really nice to me, and it, it was it was not like some things I've heard. I've heard people say that they've had really bad experiences when that happened, and I just I can't relate to that because it wasn't a bad experience. I know you know I know now what's on the other side. I know there is a heaven and hell. That was going to be my next question. Do you believe in heaven and hell? Oh, very much, very, very much. Was it the obviously like the the experience of death? Was that the thing that made you believe in heaven and hell the most? It solidified my thoughts. It it confirmed everything that I had been told growing up. You know, angels and the bright light and all that was. I mean, it may have been my mind encouraging that my body to perceive it that way, but that's what I saw. I mean. It, it's, it's kind of hard to explain in a way that everyone would be able to understand because everything is unique to each individual. Your entire life is based on the decision that you create. So that's what your life experience is going to be. Well, my life experience has been this, so this is how I perceive things. No, that, that seems that's 100% natural, I believe. I think obviously right, everyone, yeah. exp everyone experiences different things. I want, I want to take it back to the paranormal though. What's one of the strangest things that you've saw that's made you think, okay, this paranormal stuff, this is probably real? Well, actually the most recent one has actually been here at my house. Uh, my wife and I, well, more her than me, she actually felt like she kept seeing an old man around our property in the house. And I, you, I could feel something, but I'd never seen him. And she kept saying he'd be there one second, be gone the next. And then one night we were we were here at the house, and she actually got scared. She it felt she felt like she seen him look out of a room at her, and it scared her. Well, that night our ring doorbell went off, and on, on the ring doorbell you can see it. There's something comes out of the wall right there by the door. It looks like a human form. It comes out and stops, and it looks like the head of this thing turns and looks at the ring, and then it walks off. And we haven't seen anything since. If that, if I saw that, I'd, I'd, I'd probably shoot myself. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, well, seeing stuff like that. Basically, energy doesn't go away. Energy just redistributes itself. Like when you turn a light bulb on, the light comes out and the energy's there, but it's also being absorbed into uh, the walls, the carpet, and everything else to be released to stack electricity back into you. And then you carry the electricity to you release it somewhere else. It never goes away. So your body's basically uh, electricity. And there's some, I think it was Swedish scientists did an experiment. They set up all these different types of cameras. 
and they actually caught at the moment of death the energy leaving the body. Really? That'd be interesting to see. It was, I watched the experiment online and it was from the university and everything else and it was awesome because you could actually see it look like somebody set up and walked away. That'd be very, very interesting to watch. I might have to have a watch of that and see what it's actually like. If I can find it, I'll send it to you. I think yeah. they may have took it offline, but if I can find it, I'll send it to you. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. So I'd like I like the idea of like seeing something like that because from my perspective, I believe stuff... I think there's something there, but I don't know what yet. I find it weird that these sort of like ghosts or things, they're always... They always get captured on like a an old like an old camera or a dodgy phone or something like that, where the camera's not the best quality, especially in this day and age. I can see that, but yeah, the uh, I guess it's the electrical distribution of the flash. I think is make it easier for it because it actually freezes in time instead of trying to pixelate it. I think that's why the old cameras catch it better on film than you can catch it on electronics. Because you always see like these like human figures or these like spirits or these forms like. I've never saw an animal ghost. Really? Yeah. I have. Really? Oh yeah, my my old my dog. We had her for twenty years, and every now and then I can I catch like a shadow of her coming around. And the dog that we had that just that just died a little while back, every now and then he would react as if he seen another dog, and there would be one there. That's crazy, man. <laughs> I mean, it's really interesting to hear. It's just. I don't know. I don't know how you can be like so calm about it. <laughs> I haven't found. I've only found one time that it's ever scared me, and I don't scare real easy. Yeah. And I just, I just, I'm just not a guy that gets scared. I mean, I did so many horror movies and everything. Nothing really bothers me anymore, except for snakes. Oh, but fear uh, of snakes. <laughs> yeah, I don't do snakes. I had, I had a something hit me in the shoulder one time, and that kind of got me surprised. Because it was out of nowhere. There was nobody there but me. There was nobody there, but you actually still got hit. Oh yeah, it was like it was like somebody took and uh, punched me in the arm, and I, then I got the cold chills and kind of freaked me out a little bit. One of the things I'm interested in as well is, obviously, if the if if there is a heaven and a hell, how come people still say like, oh, this is a bad spirit? Like, if it was a bad spirit, wouldn't it have stayed in hell? Well, my thoughts on this. Now, this is just my thoughts. I have no yeah. way to prove anything. I think you have different, how can I say, different types. I think if you, you either go into the light and go to heaven and be judged, and that decides whether you go to heaven or hell, or you try to stay away from the light and you become a spirit, or you're just stuck. You just can't decide that you're dead. You can't decide. You're trying to get people's attention. You're, you're confused, and that's those spirits. But I think there are some evil spirits. There's spirits that want to mess with you just for the fun of it. And there's some that are just plain lost. And then, of course, you have that glitch in time where a dramatic event happened. And it was so dramatic at that period of time that it actually scarred the timeline. So it just every now and then it just replays every, again and again and again. And that trap there. Yeah. Whether you're, it's not, there's not really a ghost or a spirit there. It's just, it's like a record skip. It just keeps happening in that same spot every time it just skips. And it just puts a visual out there that goes away. And it's always the same thing. Like we have one here in Asheville, it's called the Pink Lady. 
she's always seen coming down the stairs well something happened where that part scarred time and every now and then it hits that glitch and she shows her but it's really not her it's just like a a femoral at least that's my thoughts no i think it's a good way of thinking of it it's always insightful as well to hear what other people think i have a lot i have a lot of thoughts (laughs) (laughs) that's good i'm not short on thoughts that's for sure Right, well, I'll start off asking you the, the random questions now. Okay. Tell me about a special person in your life. That's my wife. Yeah. Her name is Susan. She is an incredible wife. She is just an incredible lady. She's super intelligent. She is an, if you look at me, you'll see she is a really good cook. <laughs> and she's my best friend in the world. That's really, really sweet. Okay, you obviously said she's a really, really good cook. What's the main dish that she cooks the most? What's the best one? I don't know. It's hard. She is actually from Louisiana. So she's this Creole girl. And she can really cook anything. And uh, most of it's really good. Just well, make sure you don't say most and not all. Otherwise, you'll get in trouble. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I'll say most. There's a couple of things she's made. It's like, I don't really want to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> so the next question is then, what do you think about when you're by yourself? Uh, well, honestly, when I'm by myself, my I have constant stories running through my mind. Since I started writing, and I've always been this way, I can see something, say, a car go down the road and it'll for some reason that forms a story in my mind and that just i'll play the entire story out in my head and it just keeps running and running and running until i write something down you create these stories and situations inside your head and write them down and they become obviously i imagine some of the books that you've been wrote you've wrote well i've only wrote this the folklore stuff right now when I finish it, I'm actually going to be going into doing my stories from my head, which it could be good, that could be bad. They may be, they may end up putting me in a insane asylum. You never can tell. <laughs> Sometimes the crazy people are the best, though. <laughs> they definitely have more interesting stories. <laughs> well, the, my stories, once I get off the, the folklore stuff, the Bigfoot and all that, uh, I'm trying to decide. I want, I, I've been encouraged to do a world edition where I go through each country in the world and different regions in that country and tell about their folklore. Like the Vietnamese have the centipede people. Uh, in London, you've got the black dog. Uh, in Ireland and all them, you've got you know their own folklore, banshees and mermaids from Israel and yeah. all kinds of good stuff. People want me to do that. I'm leaning on waiting to do that till after I do some of my other stories. Can, can you tell me a little bit more about the Black Dog in London? Especially because like, I, I currently live in London at the moment, so I'm a bit curious. Uh, what I remember, it's been a while so I've researched that. There's a they call it a hellhound yeah. that roams London and it's, it's, it's I can't remember anything about it right now. I just, I was researching other stuff so my mind's kind of preoccupied. Yeah. yeah There's a, yeah. what they call it, the Black Dog. He's, he's he roams London and uh, has been known to attack people, and it's a—it's uh, almost like a spirit dog. It's—it's it's a really cool story. I—I'll see if I can find it again. It was—if uh, I do the World Edition, I will definitely be doing that one in London because it is really a good story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You'll have to let me know as well and send me some links as well. I'll be more than happy to. So, 
what's one of the scariest situations you've been in? I know you said one of the scary ones was when you got tapped on the shoulder, but is there just a scary situation where it's like, oh, damn it, this is terrifying? It, it was scary. It wasn't really terrifying. It was just surprising more than anything. I guess the scariest was I was in the Persian Gulf in 88, and we had a, a water mine come down beside the ship within about, uh, I think it was like 50 yards away. That would have blew my ship to smithereens if it hit it. <laughs> um, you have lived, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I get scariest other than that was probably I was little, and me and my cousins and my brother and my uh, uncle's dog was walking around in the woods, and we seen a bear cub. And growing up in the woods, we knew mama's around somewhere. Well, we had inadvertently got between mama bear and baby bear. Oh no! And mama bear stood up. Bears, black bears especially, they'll bluff you. They'll they'll charge and stop, or they'll stand up on you. But if they pop their jaws, they're going to attack you. And we was there, and we realized where we were at, so we started easing back. And when she stood up and squalled real loud, we all took off, which you're not supposed to run from a bear, but she couldn't have caught me if she'd have been in a Maserati. So <laughs> we were gone, but she stayed with her cub instead of chasing after us. That's, cra that's a crazy experience, that is, because I know in Canada somewhere there's a forest you can walk through where it has bears in. I mean, I don't know why, but it's always excited me walking through and thinking, oh, shit, like, there could be a bear here. I've always wanted to see one in its raw nature. Well, you got to watch in Canada. They got uh, brown bears. They got grizzlies. They got black bear. If you go to northern Canada, they got polar bears. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just excites me. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think so many of them now, it doesn't even phase me anymore. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. That, like, seeing a bear is just, like, an everyday thing. Now it's like, oh, the bear's in the garden again. <laughs> <laughs> My wife had never seen a bear till she come here. Oh, really? And it was so funny. I was at work, and we had a little, a little yearling come through. And a yearling is usually, they get so old. Like they get close to a year old. Well, mama breaks loose from the cubs and they get that old and they go off on their own. And they're pretty small. They're around, I don't know, maybe 70 to 100 pounds. And we had one come over to the house, come right down beside my front porch. And my wife and her mom and all of them were here by themselves. She seen that. She called me on the phone. She was freaked out. She got pictures of the bears that walked by the, walked by the house. Ah, that'd terrify me, but I'd be like, Man, it's a bear. <laughs> it'd be really cool to see, but ooh, scary as well. <laughs> so, I'll send you the picture. If I got one, I'll send you a picture of the bear that was here at the house the other day. He is about 175 pounds. He's pretty good size. God, yeah, definitely. Like, if you put it in the Discord chat, other people will be able to see it as well. Uh, I'd have to come over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the paranormal thing scares me more than the bears, personally, but, you know, we'll have to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, lordy. So, tell me, an, uh, tell me an embarrassing story about yourself. An embarrassing story? Well, the most recent one, I would say, I have a lot of those, but the most recent <laughs> one, we were at a convention, uh, at a festival, and my wife, love her to death, she said, will you go get me something to drink? And honestly, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of easily distracted by shiny objects and different things. 
So I get up to go get her something to drink. And I ended up walking through the whole festival and coming back. And I still didn't have anything to drink because I got so occupied with everything else. And I didn't do it just once, but I did it twice. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you got in a bit of trouble, didn't you, George? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was ready to kill me by the the end of the day. (laughs) But I took her out to so I got forgiven. Uh, you know, at least, at least all's forgiven, then that's good. That's a positive. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the next questions you have here is: Have you ever had to steal? Have I ever had to steal? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't do. Steal. I, there's one thing I don't like is thieves. I can't, I can't handle that. What about if it's in a, a situation? Say, obviously, if you have no, you have no food or no money, and they just want to like steal, like I don't know, for example, like crisps to eat. Uh, I'm a hunter. I'll just go find me some. I'll just go kill me some game and make it. I'm, I'm an old country boy. I grew up when I grew up here in Asheville, here in, where I'm at now. There was nowhere near as many people here with what they are now, and I spent all my time in the woods, hunting and fishing and all that good stuff, working on farms. So you have like a lot of experience around like the wildlife as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Next question I have here is: Do you ever feel some people will be better off with you in their life? I hope they are. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I try to be the people I like. I treat the best. The people I don't like, I don't get around. Yeah, that, that's a, that's the nice so, simple way to put it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I I hope I I make all their lives a little bit better. I that's really all I can do is try to try to do my best. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a good way to be. Just try and do your best and make it through life. Try to be happy and not spread any, not spread any problems. Have you ever told a lie and regretted it? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's I think we've all done that, uh, and it, it's not always on purpose either. I don't think. Uh, I think sometimes to try to spare somebody, we tell a lie, and it ends up actually hurting them worse after that. What was the lie? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> I, once I hit 45, especially when I hit 45, I just got to the point where I either say the truth or what's on my mind and I deal with the consequences. I don't worry about trying to lie to make people happy or anything. So, yeah. So, obviously, it's more like truth or need. It's obviously to say what you feel. Yeah. I, I'm the old guy you don't want to ask his opinion because you're probably going to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite thing about yourself? I don't know. Uh... <laughs> something there's gotta be something that you like about yourself man i like i like myself i don't really i don't see that i'm any more special than anyone else is so what about your creativity side i think i'm pretty creative but i've got friends who are are as much or more than i am i just try to be a decent person to everyone and I, i i feel that i i don't want my best i don't really know that i have a best quality i think i'm just kind of rounded like a ball at least my belly is i mean i don't know about dressed up yeah but you know it's a belly full of good food <laughs> it is i can't keep playing so what are you most proud of what am i most proud of oh I, that that goes back to my my kids and yeah. the fact that i now have a brand new granddaughter i'm so <laughs> proud of that i had nothing to do with it other than having my son but still you know <laughs> The grandkids and the and the kids are they're they're what really makes life worth living. You know, if, when you have a great wife and great kids and great grandkids, it's 
you can't help but be happy. No, I, I imagine that's true. I mean, I'm not married and I don't have uh, children, so... But I, I imagine it's going to be like a, a nice, comfortable life. You have your ups and downs, I imagine, but... Oh, yeah. I imagine it'll be nice and comfortable. <laughs> It, it's it's the best thing ever i mean i i did all kinds of wild stuff when i was young i partied i went crazy i did all kinds of wild things experienced a lot of life but once my kids were born my focus went straight to my kids i tried to be at every ball game i tried to be at every wrestling match i tried to be at every cheerleading out you know thing and, and i'm gonna do the same thing with my grandkids no, I think, that, I think that's really positive. I think it's good to be a good role model for your, for your kids and your grandkids. And, you know, to be there for them and support them. It's, it's a, it sounds pretty good. What is your biggest regret in life? My biggest regret? Actually, my biggest regret would be not having the confidence to do what I wanted to do earlier. Oh, did you have, like, quite low confidence when you were younger? Or? I never really tried in school. I, I only had one teacher that really seen the true potential, my true potential. So I just kind of glazed through school and did what I had to do. And I mean, I'm not an idiot, but I'm no dummy by any means. I just kind of breezed through and didn't really put a lot of effort. I wished I would have put more effort forward. That way I could have started writing and doing more things towards the writing and the acting at a younger age. And I might've been more successful at the acting. I'm hoping to be successful at the writing. So I think it depends on how much drive you have. And I think every time it's always a little bit of luck. Just need that little bit of luck. Oh yeah, it's getting the right thing in front of the right people at the right time. I have turned into a hard-headed, pre-driven person. I just, whenever I want to do, I just go do it. I want to be, I want to be an actor. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna be an actor. I wouldn't become an actor for 15 years. I said I want to be a writer. I started writing. How did you find the transition from uh, acting to writing? Uh, not bad. I was writing scripts uh, before I started regular writing books. So when I wrote scripts, it was a, uh, you didn't use the quite as much description when you wrote, but you had to put in what the scene looked like. So I put in generalizations in my scripts and then in my books, I had to put in details. That's really about the only main difference in it. And if you had to choose one to obviously carry on, which one would you choose? Like, which is your, which, what do you prefer, writing or acting? Uh, I'm going to say writing. I, I really enjoy it. I love acting, but acting is so political and there's so much ridiculous stuff involved in it and you got to depend on other people and i don't want to depend on someone else other than my fans to buy my books i don't really want to depend on anybody to a director to say okay you need to do this and and then him picking the wrong scene and crunching the film i prefer to write it down and i have people give me feedback and say you need to change this in your book because this doesn't make sense or we need you. We'd like to see it do this way instead of this way. And yeah, you know, I, I like feedback, and I'm, it's hard to get feedback these days. You'd think that people would really want to tell you how stupid you are, but I'm not getting any feedback hardly at all. Very hard to try and get honest feedback, I believe. It is. But the best thing to do is show strangers, just complete strangers, and just let them know what you think. I've even did that, and I still can't get a response from. Them. I, I gave books away online. I did contests to give books away. And I asked them to give me feedback and really just can't get people to give me feedback. Oh, really? Well, I mean, you can you can try it in this community and you never know. You can always get some feedback that way. It could work. It's one of them things. So the next question I have for you is, have you ever had revenge on someone? I can't think of anyone I've had revenge on. Uh, 
I usually, if I got a problem with you, you'll know it up front. <laughs> you know, I think I may have had one person in school that I just could not get along with, if I can remember him. And he's dead. So he died of cancer. And I felt bad for him. I'm the guy that was in school that got along with the majority of people, but basically stayed away from everybody. So nobody really knew me very well. I only had a very select group of friends I hung out with. And I just, uh, I've never been a, a big group person. I like the small groups of people I can trust or, or just my family. I'm not, I'm not that, not that enthusiastic about being around a lot of people. <laughs> no, I get you. No, that, that, that's understandable. That is like, you know, small groups are just more trustworthy as well. And you know, a small group is like a family. So the next question I have for you is, is there a quote that you live by? A quote they'll live by. It's kind of like a quote from John Wayne. I won't be disrespected. I won't be hands laid on. I don't do this to you and I won't expect you to do it to me. So respect for respect, really? Yeah. As long as I'm treated with respect, I'll treat anybody in the world with respect. You know, treat treat others how you want to be treated. Where is your favorite place in the world? My favorite place? Well, I've been to 27 different islands and countries in one world. That's kind of a loaded question because I really like the Caribbean a lot. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't really, I'm, I'm an ocean guy, but yet I live in the mountains. So I'm, I'm kind of confused and lost. So. <laughs> it must've been nice. Though. I mean, obviously like, not like the world, but seeing these different locations. Oh, I loved it. I love going all over the place. Uh, I've been to like France and England and Wales and Belgium. And I mean, just everyone you can think of. And I ever every place has something good and every place had something bad. So I, I still the best place I found the most comfortable was down in the Caribbean. I love the the blue clear water. I love the fishing. Just in general atmosphere. It's just it feels naturally nice. Yeah, it's just comfortable and who who can't be happy with a fishing pole and a margarita? I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You can sign me up for that, definitely. <laughs> I ask everybody that comes on to the show, is what is your end goal in life? My end goal in life, to leave something for my great-grandkids to be proud of, and my kids. Whether it be uh, well-written books, or a film, or just for my grandkids and my kids to go, he was a good man. That's all I ask. You know, as long as, as long as they're healthy and happy and I can leave a smile on their face. That's really all I ask. So thank you again to the audience for listening to the Raw Life podcast. It's been great having George on here. We've learned a lot about his acting, his writing, and especially the world of the paranormal. I just want to say it's been absolutely, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It has been an absolute pleasure. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And I really hope we'll stay in contact. And if anyone else is interested in my books, my, my podcast, please feel free to go to my website. It's authorgeorgelunsford.x10host.com. Perfect. That sounds great. Well, thank you again for joining us on the Royal Life Podcast. And we'll see you for the next episode.